pique people's interest to figure out if you're actually so. if you're actually yeah. right or just in completely insane at this point. I might be completely yeah. insane. I don't know. <laughs> I, I urge you guys to check it out and just message me and like, is there symbolism or is Ash just losing his mind? It might be that. Right. Okay. <laughs> um. podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com is this episode 334 this is episode 334 <laughs> uh, and it's been just a brief year since we've done this and uh <laughs> i'm your host matt and i'm scott and i'm ash has it really hey, been guys, a year? get on some it. microphones yeah kind of crazy how long has it been let's see you went to ash we went to PAX. celebration yeah yeah ash did celebration then there was pax yeah Oh, you guys did that. PAX East. Okay. All right. We did PAX East a couple episodes. Yeah, yeah PAX East. Yeah. It's been like a hot, a hot month or two. It's yes. been a while. That's it's fair. been a while. Okay. It's, been, but, it's been a decent amount of time. But our excuse, and we have valid excuses. Yeah. Life is busy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> They've all got names and they're all moving around on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Children. I'll tell you guys uh, right off the bat, um, my, I don't know why, but I think my son has been watching like Transformers videos on YouTube, right? Okay. And, um, so my wife ended up showing him uh, the touch by Stan Bush and nice. now, and he loves okay. it. He loves it. Like he, I didn't, I didn't know this. Right. So we were in the bed reading one night and all of a sudden he just goes, you got the touch. <laughs> what? I, was like, I was like, what is happening? The and he's saying, beautiful. He's saying the, yeah, he's saying the whole song to me and I'm really just worried that, you know, we've peaked and it's all going to be downhill from here. There's really nothing else that <laughs> yeah. I can teach him. At this point, like this is this is it. Like we've peaked at this point. So that, yeah, that's definitely yeah. a magical moment. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's bittersweet, right? You got to be careful with those YouTube videos, though, man. Like Lincoln used to watch these. Uh, people used to mod like GTA to have like Spider Man driving around cars with yeah. like, crazy music. And uh-huh. <clears throat> he was watching a couple of those when he was about maybe two, two and a half, and it was funny. They just kind of drive around and different characters pop up and they do stunts and stuff. So it's it's enjoyable. But then the video clicked over and it was the same style animation with GTA mods, but it was just like it was like Spider Man, Joker, and like another like Clayface or something in a hot tub, and then Spider Man just stood up and started peeing in the hot tub, and I'm like, this is. <laughs> <laughs> not age appropriate oh the youtube <laughs> yeah yeah the YouTube. So you always gotta be careful you never know what you're gonna get all right uh well i think we have a lot to do today we will talk about rim of the world uh marvel strike force uh an ios double fine game called kids void bastards overland a plague tale innocence uh masquerada which is uh, uh older title that is available somewhere else now and then possibly the SNK 40th anniversary collection, whatever else we can get to. E3 is coming up. I'm sure we will talk about that as well. Apple just had their big thing. Apple There's just, plenty of stuff. Apple just had a thing. Game of Thrones ended. What do you guys want to talk about? You know, there's I know. we've got like a, a year's worth of content. Avengers. We never talked about Avengers. Oh my god, I still haven't seen it. I'm still. I caught up, but like I did catch up, right? Yeah, in, you did catch up. I was the, shocked. Yeah, I'm caught up to the theater, right? So I need to go see Captain Marvel, which is now on digital. So that's cool. And then, uh, and then finish it out. So I did get motivated by that. Yeah. Maybe yeah. when you finish, when you finish those two, we'll do a special episode, like a very late 
review. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's fair because it, a Marvel I, Universe recap. Yeah, yeah, the whole thing. It can be it's optional like three, for, three for listeners. Episode. Yeah, spoilery but optional. So I think that's yeah. that's good. That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, where where should we start today? Where should we start? Which is how you guys been doing? Everything good? Yeah, man, it's busy. My wife uh, finished up work and decided, "Hey, I'm going to Vegas." So she left <laughs> me with this. <laughs> she left me with my, she my went kid. To the Grand Canyon, didn't she? She didn't go to Vegas, did she? I don't know. I think she's going to some <laughs> sexy dance shows. And who knows what she's up to? Getting into trouble, Thelma and Louise right. style. But uh, nice. so I'm uh, kind of doubling down, working dad duties this week. So it's a busy week, but everything's good. Otherwise, um, you know. Dadden's yeah. fun, not playing as many games as I'd like, but you know, what what can you do? What yeah. can you do? Yeah. But you, well, you guys everything good? Uh yeah. I've I've I think we this has probably come up in the past, but I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I've become addicted to indoor cycling classes. Yeah, we That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I have no there's no explanation. I know what the explanation is, to be honest with you. It's um it probably taps into the same thing that I like about playing Dance Central, right? Where it's like there's music and movement. And uh, it's healthy, man. Whatever. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. It's yeah. All good. You don't want to. It's better than me. Like I'm addicted to eight balls. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm addicted to indoor cycling. I mean, there's many worse things you could be addicted True. to. I probably go more than I should, but that's fine. Um, well, let's also be clear. You're still plenty addicted to video games because still oh, yeah. at like 5 a.m. I'll see you pop up on Twitter with Scott just completed the whole game of Blue Blue Blorbs. Uh, yeah, and I'm well, like, all right. Yeah. I mean, T- TA scans accounts <laughs> at weird times. So like those are not always time accurate um but uh uh on the uh on the work front there there is something um something that i might we might be hearing about in a week that i i might have had a hand in so i'm kind of excited to see i'm kind of excited to see what happens this weekend so is is it a human butt is that what you had a hand in (laughs) i did not hand in there (laughs) two i had two hands in it oh boy two hands hands oh gosh yeah what have you been doing so this is like a genuinely um I'm a little overhyped for for what's whatever might might happen this weekend. Um, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. And like some early buzz seems to be positive, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. So what about you, Matt? Uh yeah, you know, in the the depths of toddlerdom or not toddler, I guess baby dumb. Baby dumb. She's like six months. Um, so doing a lot of that, working. Uh I've played a I have been gaming a little bit more because, you know, you guys know once the child is on a schedule and I was uh, solo dadding a week ago, Mm -hmm. there's like a part where like they go to bed at seven and then you're like, well, now I have (laughs) I'm just like, I can't leave the house. There's I can't go anywhere, you know, because I'm alone. Right. Uh, There's literally nothing to do for the next four to five hours except sleep, I guess. Also, like I could I could just also sleep for 14 hours along with her. But uh, so I've, I've been playing some video games, been up doing some stuff. Uh, a game we're not going to talk about that, that I have been playing is um, Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, nice! Uh, <laughs> really? How did you? Yeah, how did work, you choose this? Because uh, work. So I think I told you guys this work when I was having the baby. They all pooled money together and bought me a PS4 yeah, to awesome. like game game with me because they all game on PS4 and I was like, all right, that's very nice. So uh, I've been trying to get on and game with them on occasion and for whatever I think it was a free game. Or it was it was a free game on the PS4 Plus thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So everybody picked it up and they're like, "Let's play, let's play, let's play." So we've been playing it, and man, it's it's not good. It's very fun, but it's not 
It's not a good game. It's like like, like four v one. Is that is it one of those games? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The same as like uh, evolution or whatever the other the other evolve. ones were. Um, there's or evolved. Yeah. Yep. There's a uh, you're you're either Jason or you're one of the campers, and then there's like a bunch of mechanics around it. And some of the mechanics are really interesting. It's just kind of heavily unbalanced, and and the every game session is a real twenty minutes, like an actual full 20 minutes is every session interesting which is hmm. fine except if there's only like two campers 20 minutes is an eternity <laughs> to like, yeah just last and then a couple of the guys we play with they're really bad at being jason and it's like hilariously bad like they just walk in circles and run into things and you know you can hide under a bed and they can't figure out where you are like it's <laughs> it's really kind of ridiculously bad so <laughs> so uh <laughs> so it's the the fun has been like the meta on it not necessarily the actual mechanics of the game itself but the, yeah, the game I feel has like, generated a bunch of fun yeah i think that that game did really well on uh streaming platforms because of the idiocy of it like it's just mm -hmm. really silly to watch apparently there was a bug a while back i don't know if they fixed it but the campers could all gang up with like sticks or something and if you stood in a certain pattern around jason and like hit him with a stick he could get like stun locked basically. So, wow. So Jason I, so, would be standing there and all the campers would just be around him beating him with sticks for like 10 minutes and eventually they would win. You can one shot him with an ax, right? And he like, he'll always get back up is the deal because he's Jason, right? But like, I would literally stand my ground against some of the guys playing Jason and just, <laughs> just hit him with an ax and like run away. <laughs> Which is not how that game is. You're not supposed to just no. stop and like wait for them to walk up to you and then hit them with an axe and run away. Like that's no. insane. So the game, the game is like it's broken in all the most fun ways. Like I could see why they wouldn't want to patch some of the breaks. Although I think they're probably just done patching it in general. But there, there's balancing stuff that would make it better. And, and half of it would just be like altering the amount of time based on how many campers there are. That game would become immediately more fun if that's the way it worked. But it's it's cool. It, it was, it's been fun playing with them. We've done other games like NHL and and they've actually been playing Borderlands that I I haven't caught with them though. But uh yeah. So everything's going well otherwise, you cool. know. Cool. Um I watched a movie, guys, that I'm going to talk about. Okay. Yeah. Have you have you guys heard anything about Rim of the World yet? No. No, I uh, I've passed it a few times on Netflix, but Yeah, it just it just popped up a couple weeks back on Netflix. Um if you guys remember Mick G, he, he was like an old yeah. video music director and he did the Charlie's Angels movies and stuff. And mm -hmm. uh, last year, year before that, he did a movie on Netflix called The Babysitter, which was a, a horror movie that I actually liked quite a bit. I think I reviewed it on the podcast a long, long time ago. But um, Babysitter was pretty solid and I was excited to see what he was going to do next for next Netflix. I think he signed on to do a number of films for them. And this is his take on basically uh, the Goonies meets Independence Day. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. it's about, yeah, it's about a bunch of kids from all different walks of life that go to a summer camp called Rim of the World. And on their very first day of camp, there is a massive alien invasion. And all these monsters show up at their camp and start killing people. And uh, they have to get <clears throat> a a special key with data on it that can help defeat the aliens all the way to the other side of Los Angeles. And they're basically just on their bikes running from aliens and running from rogue military. And uh, uh, there's parts of it that are really endearing and really cool. The problem with, with something like this is they're – for something like Stranger Things or The Goonies to work, the kids have to be 
fantastic right the kids Mm -hmm, have to be like because you're watching like a a young person act for 90 plus minutes and sometimes their acting's great and other times you're like oh this is a kid actor and that always pulls me out of it as a viewer when you're like when you can feel like the lines have been fed to them and it's not you know not a great performance so you get really spoiled because some kid actors are just fantastic and then you see like a an okay kid actor and you're like oh man like i don't know if i can watch this anymore but um Beyond that, the effects are solid. They have a lot of really, um, really fun musical choices too. McG is a very he uses a lot of music in his films. Um, sets up a lot of like you know fun montage type scenes. Uh, I definitely think it's worth a watch. Uh, it it's not a great film by any means. It's I wouldn't say it's terrible either. There's some really cool fun moments. Uh, if you're into kids fighting aliens and things like that, uh, I would say go ahead and check it out. I, I was hoping for the next Goonies. I didn't exactly get it, but I guess that's <laughs> right. what I guess that's what Stranger Things is for. Sure. Yeah. So that's Rim of the World, currently on Netflix. So it's like it's cool. a Netflix movie. Yeah, like it's weird. Like every once in a while, there will be a Netflix movie that's like, oh, that was an actual good movie, you know. But uh, yeah. this this was this was like okay, like you know, this would have been in the theaters if it was 1993, but it's not yeah. 1993 anymore. <laughs> They don't, you know, let twenty million dollar films really go to go to the theater too much anymore. But uh, so yeah, I, I would say definitely check it out if that's if that's what you're into. Cool. Yeah, I think Netflix also is starting to get. It's weird. Like I feel like you get one of two things from Netflix. You either get like we just watched Russian Doll, which is brilliant, and everybody should watch that show. It's utterly brilliant. Um, <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> um, but also the other thing you get is like the other version of a thing that already exists somewhere else. Like somebody puts a show or a movie out and then they're like, Oh yeah, Netflix has got that too. And it's like kind of a cheaper, it's like going to the dollar store and getting, you know, the, yeah. the GI Joe toys that are like GI, uh, GI John. And you're like, yeah, GI John, that's cool. And then like, they look fine and some of them work really well, but you know, I don't, it's like, it's rare. You get like one, I feel like those are the two quality levels that we hit on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. There's just such a glut of content and they're making so much of it that there just aren't that many original ideas well, in think, the world. I think the, that's you know? like the content that kind of like checks the uh, the data data analytics boxes where it's like we yeah. see that our viewers want to watch The Goonies yeah. and Independence Day. So let's make a movie that combines those two interests to right. uh, to satisfy those viewers, which is I mean, it's effective, I feel like. Um, oh, yeah. I'm not actually even mad at it because like I feel like those things getting made gets you know, Stranger Things or Russian Doll or like that, yeah. it gets those other things made, which is like, right. those are like levels of brilliance that I'm like, yeah, this is so great. So wonderful. So I like, I don't mind it at all. It's just humorous as I'm like scrolling through as Netflix is slowly like removing uh, purchased content and licensed content and like p- filling in more and more and more original content. I've just noticed I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's not friends. It's like group of pals. And you're like, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just yeah. weirdly yeah. close. Yeah. To what, it what is. It is. And the thing I've noticed too is like, you know, with, with video stores not being a thing anymore, there's not really a place for a lot of these smaller films to exist. Yeah. So Netflix is just kind of making them. And like, and yeah. then you look through Netflix, like you would browse a blockbuster, you know, like, what the fuck is this show? Like, yeah. <laughs> like what is this all about? And then, you know, you may end up liking it. So yeah. it's definitely hit or miss. I agree. Uh, Void Bastards came out uh, about a week ago, I think, uh, from Blue Manchu, which is a group of uh, gaming vets out of, I think, Australia. Um, and uh, this is a pretty crazy game. So it's it's um, 
It is a cell shaded uh roguelike first person shooter set in space, which cool. Yeah, that's the reaction I kind of gave it. <laughs> I was like, "Huh." Because okay. it's from uh it's from like X like uh BioShock developers, right? X BioShock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um which is like cool. Um but it's I don't know, whenever you throw the word roguelike in for me, it, it tends to set off alarms in like not a good way. I'm just kind of like, "Uh, is this going to be just one of those games?" Uh, so I actually got this, Scott will be happy, on Game Pass. Hey, Game Pass. <laughs> and uh, I did my dollar a month trial, and I was like, you know, I'll just give it a shot. And I picked it up. The game, let me re-describe it. I'm going to re-describe it this way. This game is a first-person shooter, but the mechanic of moving around space is out there. Literally, the game out there. Yeah. Okay. And it's not just set in space, but you are a, like, uh a prisoner who's injected into a suit. You're basically a meat bag sent down to go <laughs> gather like some objective for some robot that's telling you to do it. So if I'm understanding and, uh, correctly, it's like it's like a map with a bunch of nodes. You can choose where yeah. to go, and then when you drop yeah. into a node, it becomes like a first person shooter. Is that it becomes a first person shooter okay. and it's a janky first person shooter, I will say. It's not the greatest first person shooter in the world, mm-hmm. but it's it's so appropriate for this like punk sci fi uh space like haulers kind of setting uh and the whole thing is set with this like ridiculous sense of humor where you are absolutely not a valued human you're just like you are a prisoner who's randomly selected to get sent down you're supposed to die a bunch um but every time you progress through the nodes and you die the next prisoner that gets generated gets all the stuff that you got so if you built stuff you know so you're trying to like you you're hoarding a bunch of different like random things like thumbs and batteries and all just (laughs) random stuff Uh and then you use those to like build more tools to get you further in the game so you can build like different kinds of mines or you know stuff that will shut down like emp type stuff so you build all these different things and you reuse them to get a little further in the game and then you have to like gather food and fuel, and that's how you keep moving, you know, because uh, you can it. run out of food or fuel as you go, which is very out there. So I mean, every everything uh, you've described so far seems interesting. So I guess where does it sort of fall short for you? Uh, I don't know that it does. I ended up having a lot of fun playing oh, okay. it. I originally thought it was going to fall. I think I had low expectations. Got so maybe it. That's why it didn't fall short because I was going into it thinking like, oh, this is going to be. It just sounded like when we go to PAX and you get an email from a presser that's like. <laughs> you know, every every buzzword you've ever heard in your life right, injected right. into this email and you're like, OK, cool. And then when you actually go and play it, it's like, you know, it's fine. It falls short. You know, it's never all of the things that they're trying yeah, to sell yeah, it yeah. for. And never I understand they're just yeah. trying to sell a game, but that's fine. But this was uh, this was super fun. The sense of humor is really great in it. I think Ash would love the setting and the sense of humor. Um, every prisoner that you end up with, uh, you get auto generated like features, too. So you'll have like pros and cons as a prisoner. So you might cough every once in a while which will alert everyone to your presence but you might also (laughs) you might also like auto generate where the food is on every map like it's like there's like weird things that you'll just get bonuses and negatives and you don't choose them at all they're fully random and they just happen whenever you pick a guy the sense of humor around like you dying and regenerating is really funny um all of the cutscenes are set in a comic book so you actually move through these panels of like a moving comic book while you're while you're kind of like moving through the game uh which was really fun it's a little bit better than out there. Well, no, that's the wrong word. It's a little bit. They twisted the the moving around the map, the roguelike map, mm-hmm. um, by uh, by 
giving the different ships different types and having them have different things. And then even when you hover over the ship, it'll kind of alert you to what is likely inside, like in a little side menu. Oh, okay. So like you can kind of make smarter decisions as you're moving around the map. It doesn't make it any easier. It just like, you know, if you're low on food, you can see like, oh, this ship over here is a is like a uh, like a uh, cruise ship essentially. So I can go over there and get a bunch of food out of like a big buffet. Like it's 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 done in a really fun, interesting way. Um, and then when you get in, you have a gun. Well, the first mission you go on, you have no weapons, and you're literally sent in there to die. <laughs> <laughs> you literally go in, you move around the the ship for like a little bit, and then you die. And they're like, "Oh, you died!" And then they like suck your meat out of the suit, and then put a new person in. And then they're like, "There you go, like get get going again," you know, and send you out as a new prisoner, and, and you get a gun the second time. You get to move around. Should we title this episode um, "Suck Your Meat Out of the Suit"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I heard it when I said it. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was also there. Uh, but so overall, I actually think, you know, I don't know. I think the game's like 30 bucks brand new, possibly. I don't know if, I don't think it's a full 60, but it's um, it's super fun. I, I had a lot more fun than I thought I would have. And it's it's replayable because the mechanic is replaying it. Like it's, yeah, there is no, you know, I mean, I know there's a goal at the end of it, but the I didn't get even more than like, it's like FTL or out there levels hard to get to the end of that map. But also, like, the mechanic is one that's newer and kind of breaks up the monotony. You know, out there can get a little monotonous if you're, like, I don't know that I'd play it on a it's console stressful. necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, FTL can get, like, I would say FTL gets extremely stressful, like, yeah. highly stressful Agreed. while you're playing. Absolutely. And this is more, like, just kind of fun while you're playing. And then the mechanic of, like, restarting again isn't quite as brutal. You don't lose everything when you go back. You know, you've got all the stuff that you collected while you were running the other missions. So you kind of, like... You're building this like character, sort of, even though it's fully random while you're doing it. Um, and like I said, the the art and the humor, all of that is like pretty great. Uh, I don't know if it's pitch perfect, but it's it's good. They make jokes about killing the humans on the ships because they're like, oh, something happened to all the humans. You don't have to feel bad about killing them anymore. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. And nice. they're all like these little mutated creatures like running around that have like different powers and different things that they're trying to kill you with. Um, but yeah, overall, I would say like very worth it and uh, absolutely worth game. If you've got Game Pass, like pick this game up. It's it's super playable, super fun. Cool. Uh, and if you uh, don't have Game Pass, it's a decent reason to pick up Game Pass for a month and try it out. And if uh, you just want to buy it, you can do that too. I think it's on Xbox and Steam, uh, so you can pick it up on either one of those platforms and uh, and have a good time. Sweet, that sounds like fun. Um, yeah. Uh, want to talk about a Plague Tale Innocence? So um, right up front, I'll tell you that the game has been out maybe for like a month or two. It's gotten lots of really great reviews across different outlets. And I would say that the, the hype is well-deserved. It's um, good to hear. Yeah. So it is a, I think maybe the closest like touchstone for a, this particular game is probably The Last of Us, uh, where right. it's a sort of a stealth you know, action survival-y kind of game, but the, you know, the narrative is sort of linear as you progress through the levels. Um, but I think the, the, the setting and the visuals really sell the game. It's, it's set in 14th century France, which, um, Ash, why don't you tell us quickly about what 14th century <laughs> France is like? So uh, I don't, I don't screw it up. Yeah. So 1348, I think is when the game takes place. This is right when the black plague hit Europe is probably one of the worst periods in human history, um, mainly because the, the Europeans were really ill-equipped to deal with something like that. They had a lot of really antiquated 
methods of dealing with disease and they didn't really understand what it you know what things like that were at this point in history so when people started getting sick rather than you know finding the correct ways to deal with something like the black death they would wall people inside of walls brick them in they would use leeches they would um you know do bloodletting and people would um you know would basically abuse themselves because they thought they were they were getting these diseases due to sin. So there was a lot of like you know messed up religion happening at the same time that that the Black Death hit. And on top of that, the 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 rich were insanely rich and the poor were beyond insanely poor at this period in history. So what you had is a lot of people that were living in poverty that had no means to really deal with any sort of uh, sickness like the Black Death. So it was it was awful. And I think it, by the time it was done, it was roughly a third of all of Europe um, ended up ended up dying, which is over, I think, 20 million people. That's insane. It, I mean, and yeah. so with that in mind, that sort of makes the perfect backdrop for a game like this, where you just sort of like, you are faced with impossible odds in sort of a very difficult time. It follows the story of the um, Darun family, specifically, uh, you play as the main character, Amicia, uh, and then you have other uh, another character, which is her little brother, Hugo. Uh, Hugo uh, has a sickness that you're trying to cure. And the Inquisition is also um, trying to to kidnap him, kidnap him or acquire him. So um, it really sets up a lot of tension in the game. There's a lot of, you know, themes around like family and friendship and trying to protect, you know, those you love. And so as you can imagine, that sets up very like challenging, difficult situations when you're trying to do all this stealth combat. Um, you are not a strong character. It's sort of a situation in which like, it's like a one hit kill situation. So you really are trying to stay in the shadows, create distractions, um, sneak around and just sort of generally avoid trouble, which again, you know, makes the game feel very tense. Um, it's got a very engaging story. The game is fantastic to look at. It looks like a painting. Most of the time, the character models are, are incredible. Uh, I posted something on our website and you can see um, I kind of mixed in like half the screenshots are from my from my Xbox console and half of them are from like the the press kit. And you honestly, like when you look at the two, you can't tell the difference, right? Like the oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The character models are incredible. Um, and I think the thing and you were kind of talking about this with the Netflix film. It's like when you put kids in a game, right, it really, you know, it could go bad quickly like the kids could come off as annoying or maybe you just don't care about them and you're supposed to be protecting them especially like when you have to protect little kids in games um that's always a dicey situation but mm -hmm. um, i found that all of the characters in the game had their own strengths which made you want to care about them and you wanted to care about their relationships and what was going on in their lives and so um i think the game sort of fires on all cylinders to create a very satisfying experience and you never you never really get bogged down by a lot of the pitfalls that like similar games might have, like in terms of, you know, uh, you know, escort missions or, you know, having children in games, things of that nature. So um, this game executes all of that very well and then manages to tell a really interesting story along the way while also being, you know, really beautiful to look at and, um, you know, presenting also a lot of like diverse locations because you do a lot of traveling in this game you get to see sort of like I, in the, you know, I wrote that they sort of take the idea of the black plague and turn it up to 11, you know? So yes, there are rats in the game and it's like in writing this review and trying to think about how I wanted to talk about this game, I wanted to work in the phrase rat physics 
Um, because there are like, <laughs> there are just a lot of fucking rats in this game. Um, and I don't want to spoil too much of it and give it away, but it just, it's like incredible. Um, the kind of, the, the ideas that they had, sort of the visual stuff they wanted to pull off. Um, and then the other thing I appreciate very quickly is that I feel like the, the challenges sort of um, evolve over the course of the game. So where you start in the game is not where you finish. You don't just spend the entire game, you know, sneaking around and throwing a stone to distract a guard so that you can sneak by them. Like the sort of the way that you approach like the different encounters in the game um, sort of have these little twists and and um, you are augmented with different abilities and upgrades as you progress through the game too. So that kind of adds a little wrinkle on what you're doing. So it always manages to feel pretty fresh. Um, there was only one thing I didn't care for, which there were just a couple of sort of what I'd call like boss encounters in the game, which like, they're not a big deal and they don't, they're not really difficult to, to finish. Um, but they just kind of feel out of place when you're doing like, uh, like a stealth game, but I can't imagine how you would sort of punctuate some of those main, you know, story beats in the narrative without having an encounter like that. So, um, again, not a big deal, but if, I would recommend this game to anyone, to be honest with you. Like if you've played the last of us and you liked it, you have to play this game. Um, yeah. I've heard, I heard this is pretty fantastic. I may have yeah. to, to scoop this up and play it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what else to say other than that. It's just really good. And it's refreshing when you, when you see a game come along like this and you think like, Oh, this might be good. You know, it might yeah. be interesting. And then you actually play it and you're like, wow, they really have kind of met the bar and then surpassed it, right? Which is... Who was the development team on this? I don't, it's, I don't know if you mentioned Sobo it. It's a Sobo studio, which okay. is like, I don't know how many freaking teams they have at a Sobo, but like a Sobo is the same company that made Disneyland Adventures and uh, <laughs> Disney Pixar Rush, right? Wow. So whatever they're doing over there, they have a very diverse and talented, um, you know, team. And I'm just uh, excited to see what they do next. Like, I hope they figure out a way to continue something in this line of games whether it's a sequel to this game or a spiritual successor or something that just kind of builds upon what they've established here because i think it's really special awesome. cool yep i'm glad you liked it yeah it was good it's funny because i was talking to you the other day i'm like oh what, what what is everybody playing right now like i have this backlog but i don't i didn't know of any game right now that was like sort of the new hotness you know that everyone's playing then i started seeing people sort of talking about this on social and i was mm -hmm. like oh this must be pretty solid yeah so. it's, i feel like it it's well rated i would guess you know just because of the other games that are out there that it, it's still kind of flying low under the radar because it's not it's not like a Fortnite or an apex legends it's a single player narrative game but um it's it's really fantastic and i know we have people you know that listen that are traditionally like single player you know rpg fans like acting fans stuff like that and like it's it's just fantastic cool very cool This is Jennifer Hale, and you're listening to the Rated NA Podcast at nerdappropriate.com. Um, speaking of kids, I played the new uh, Double Fine iOS and Android game I was, called Kids. I was not even aware of this. Yeah, yeah so it just came either. out, I think, last week. Um, I saw some stuff on social media, some buzz about it, everyone saying that it's brilliant, so on and so forth. Um, I also heard that it was short, and I've since beaten it twice already. It's like less than the 30 minute play 
Interesting. Which is which is very welcome at this stage. <laughs> like, oh, I can beat a game in a half an hour. That's wonderful. Um, so this is a, a physics game where you control different humanoids that are, I, I guess they're supposed to be, they're like the shape of stick figures with a little bit more meat on their bones. Okay. And so you guide them through a series of different challenges and obstacles. So for instance, the first one will be like five or six of these uh, humanoid standing around a big dark hole and everything is all black and white by the way so imagine a white screen with a black hole in the middle and all of these like little stick figures standing around the hole there won't be any instructions on how to complete any of the puzzles or how to complete any of the physics challenges you just have to kind of figure it out and so the first challenge you just kind of shove the people and they fall into the hole and it looks kind of sad and 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 odd <laughs> all these people shoved into this dark hole and the next screen it means you've completed the first puzzle will be them falling through like some sort of abyss and you'll have to figure out well where do they go in the abyss and so you'll kind of point around the screen and guide them as they fall and then as i'm playing this i don't know if this was just me i started realizing that i i feel like the entire game is supposed to be incredibly symbolic for uh, and this may be just me being an old person and seeing way too much about what a game is, is is happening in game. But I feel like the game is all about choice in life and sort of like birth and death. Oh, wow. And that seems really, really strange. But I, I bet if you looked into it, there there's mm. probably more to the game than than really meets the eye. So there's a lot of scenes where you'll actually be pulling, you'll be pulling these figures through like these tunnels. And I'm like, that kind of looks oddly like a weird birth canal right like it looks like huh. it looks like a birth canal or something like that so you'll pull the person out of the birth canal they'll kind of plop out and then there'll be another one where they're they're swimming with like an entire group of people and it could very easily you could like change one of the, the humanoids out for like a sperm and have it be like a scene about fertilization but they're not sperm they're people but then right. you know you're 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 guiding this person along with like hundreds and hundreds of these other swimming avatars and you'll have the choice on like where you want them to swim to and you have to kind of direct them in the opposite direction of the flow. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is sort of a statement about like going against the herd and, and, you know, having different choices in life. And I, I, I may be reaching here. I may just think like, I did see playing... this game. This is the black and white game. <laughs> yeah. It's all black and yeah. white. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was double fine. Okay. I feel, yeah. I feel yeah, like you just Sorry. described the sort of the, the overtone to inside. So now like I'm having really weird, like imagery in my head about like what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, in this game. No, but it's really good. And the thing that was cool about it is, so I played all the way through it and there's some, some scenes that are kind of um, for me were a little jarring. And I, I uh, there's a scene where there's a bunch of bodies just like falling through space. Okay. And it just, it super reminded me of like dark images of something like, like nine 11. And there was like all this, uh, this opera music playing in the background as you clicked on the people to like to guide them as they're falling and i was like oh, this is oddly dark and kind of moving hmm. um so i played through it I, I enjoyed it it was like really just a simple like you know you just kind of click through and experience all the little different mini puzzles um and then the other morning uh, i was hanging out with lincoln i was like hey you want to check this out i wanted to see if he could play it and he was able to to beat the whole thing as a three-year-old so oh, wow. he was wow. able to push the people he didn't you know understand what was going on but i helped him with a couple of the more challenging puzzles but he beat it in about 20 25 minutes just like pushing the people through the hole and um anyway if you're into like you know something perhaps a little deeper <laughs> for ios and android uh it's very beautiful to look at it is all black and white the animation on the stick figures is um 
is is really super solid. They move like real humans, which I think is the real draw of the of the game. And there's you know scenes where there's like probably thousands of them on the screen, um, and you can direct like all of them to make them do different things. So it is really neat. Um, it's called Kids on iOS and on Android as well. It's uh, I think it was three dollars. Um, there's no DLC or anything like that, so it's just a three dollar purchase. I think it's it's well worth it. Definitely check it out. Uh, uh, I may be insane, but I think there's symbolism in the game. I think you've you've said enough about it just to like pique people's interest to figure out if you're actually so. if you're actually yeah. right or just in completely insane at this point. I might be completely yeah. insane. I don't know. <laughs> I, I urge you guys to check it out and just message me and like, is there symbolism or is Ash just losing his mind? There might be that. Right. Okay. <laughs> um. Well, I talked about this game at PAX East, and I thought I'd bring it back up just because I picked it up and and have played it a bunch. Um. But there's a game called Overland that I played at PAX East that's a survival horror mixed with like XCOM style movement um, game, sort of roguelike adjacent, I mm-hmm. guess, as well. Um, but basically, it's the tale of you wake up and there's this kind of horror of the earth ending on the East Coast, and you decide that you're going to try and make it to the West Coast to uh, meet up with, I think the story's like friends, or I forget what the goal is, but you're going to the West Coast. And. Um, as you do it, you kind of make these decisions along a map to either pick up fuel or food or weapons or whatever it might be. And uh, you can meet people and have them join your crew along the way, as well as dogs. You can pick up dogs. And as you pick up more people, you get the ability to move them around the map, like I said, XCOM style. So every time you pick up a place to go, let's say there's like a campsite that you think there'll be gasoline at to, to fuel the car, uh, you can drive to that point. And then you can get out of the car and like move around and pick up all the different things that you need to pick up, all while avoiding or fighting if you have a weapon. Uh, these like underground, they're not, I don't know if they're aliens, but these underground creatures that kind of pop up at random and start coming after you and they hear you through movement. So they try to track your movement and, and uh, get you, essentially corner you. Hmm. Um, all the movement on those like pieces of the map are grid based, like XCOM. So, and it's permadeath. So if somebody dies, they're gone. Right, you right. can either get them back. You can either get new people along the way or you just kind of dwindle down to yourself and eventually die as well. Uh, as bleak as the game is, because <laughs> it is, uh, the tone of it's still very fun. And like they still manage to inject like enough, you know, humor-ish moments that it doesn't just feel like uh just constantly weighing down on you kind of thing um i really like that which reminded the me imagery in this game is really interesting the art's fantastic yeah. that's what took that's what brought me to it at pax east kind of looks like a little board is, game almost yeah the art's really cool kind of reminiscent of like hitman go or something yeah along those lines, yeah yeah, yeah. okay with, cool. with a little bit more style like a yes. little bit more flair on on the on the drawing of everything um it's uh currently in like pre-alpha i think it's you you get it on itch.io right now which is mm. like a game funding platform that eventually they said if you buy it there you'll get all the updates as you go and then i think you get a steam steam key as well uh once it once it actually fully launches on steam but um yeah i just wanted to i just wanted to quickly update and say that having played the game now for having been able to sit down with it for a few hours uh it's still super enjoyable uh the nice part about it is um you don't keep all of your stuff you are a brand new person whenever you die when you start over Mm -hmm. but uh, you do keep your place on the map. So like the, it's broken up into quadrants as you're moving across the country. And if you get to, you know, like the Midwest, you can save that spot on the map 
and uh, restart up all the way up there. But you have the choice to restart anywhere on the map that you have previously been when you die and restart. So you don't have to like plot all the way through the beginning of the of the cool. map again every time you restart, which is to me some of the most brutal parts of like again FTL or or uh, out there or whatever. But um, but yeah, I, you know, very fun, super enjoyable. It is super early right now, so if you choose to wait, I wouldn't blame you a bit. But keep your eyes on it. Um, I think the game is 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 good and absolutely will be cool. It's from a company called Finji, which has a bunch of games coming out right now that all look pretty decent. There's like a Zelda-like uh, title coming out on Xbox soon and uh, something else as well, I don't remember. But yeah, Overland, uh, check it out if you'd like to get an early access to a game. Yeah, that it looks super fascinating, something that I would certainly be interested in. That's really cool. Yeah, if you liked, um, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the other like super stylized horror or survival horror game, not survival horror. Uh, yeah, survival horror, I guess. Uh, the one where you were camping and it was like... Um, oh, like Don't Starve? Yes, Don't Starve. So if you are a fan of that style of like survival game and you like XCOM and you know you want a little bit of variance in it, like this game is is a really good sweet spot of like kind of all of those styles mixed together. And then uh, you can have a dog, you know, so why not? <laughs> why Dogs not? are fun. Cool. Um, I just have like some quick, maybe some quick bits to talk about. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, the game uh, Masquerada is now available on Switch. I know it's something that we talked about because we saw it at PAX a while ago, and it is available everywhere, but now available on Switch. And I think that um, certainly part of the appeal of this game for, I know for our audience, is that there is a ton of voice actors in this game. Um, it is all the yeah, ca- I think everybody's in this. Yeah, like, literally everybody. The game, kind of the game is fully voiced. Like the, their entire budget was them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the main character is like Matt Mercer, and then you know even just looking at like who we've interviewed in the past, the game has uh, Ashley Birch, Felicia Day, Jennifer Hale, um, Frida Wolf, and um, Courtney Taylor are all in the game and people that we've talked to in the past. So like certainly like anyone that's listened to our podcast knows that this would be something. You know, it would be right up your alley. Um, it is a uh, isometric, like two and a half dimensional, um, tac- like action, tactical action RPG. So that means that you can play the game in real time, um, or you can do tactical pause and set up combos the same way that you might play a game like Dragon Age, where it's like I want to pause and plan out everybody's moves and then execute. Or I mean, even like Transistor kind of works in the same way. So if you want to think of it like that, it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. But it's set in a in a uh, sort of fantasy, like Venetian style environment. And the characters have uh, masks that give them magical powers, as you might imagine from the name of the game. The game, I think, really does a good job of pulling you into a story of sort of mystery. You play as a a character that in this world is an investigator. And they're trying to investigate the uh, disappearance of somebody in uh, like a high ranking person and their political structure. And uh, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because I tend to be somebody who is traditionally bad with story and this game really starts out pretty story heavy. And I was like, Oh no, I don't know that I'm going to get into this, but I actually took the time to sit and like, listen to the dialogue and read the codex entries. And then by the time combat got started, I actually had like a pretty good idea of what was happening in the game and the world. And I, I was satisfied. I, I was happy that I actually took the time to learn about it. Right. Instead of just kind of buttoning through everything. Um, yeah. So I think that the story, very cool. Yeah. The story is pretty strong to carry you through, but like, I think part of the beauty of having a game like this on Switch is that you can actually now take the time to read the codex or take the time to listen to the dialogue because 
you know, sometimes like I know for me when I sit on the couch or when I'm sitting at the computer and it's like, hey, here's, you know, five minutes of dialogue. I'm like, whoa, okay, I only have 30 minutes to play. So I kind of need to get through this a little bit. Right. But if you're on Switch playing on the go or whatever, I think this this game is a great fit for that. And it translates well to Switch. So um, at this point, the game's a couple of years old, but um, the Switch release is new. And so I think if you've been holding off on this game, now is the time. And like I said, because of all of the quality voice acting in the game, I think it would be um, appealing specifically to, you know, certainly our audience uh, of people that appreciate uh, voice actors and voice acting in games. So it's available everywhere. Um, another quick hit I wanted to drop in was the um, something that Ash actually alerted me to was the uh, SNK 40th anniversary collection. And so what this is, it's a collection of 25 classic games from SNK. Ash, did you look into this one much or did you? I did. Um, recommend it it's to pretty me? awesome. Yeah. Like I, I, I loved these games growing up, mm-hmm. but I figured if anyone is going to blaze through a chunk of them and it's going to be you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you what, um, I was not super familiar <laughs> with all of the titles in the list, uh, aside from Akari warriors. Right. So I basically took some time to sample each of the games. And then what I started thinking about doing is instead of, you know, talking about the quality of the games or whatever, because they're all classic games. I really started to dig into what this, what this means like as a collection of games, because, you know, we have, you know, gaming collections are becoming popular for classic games. So we have things like rare replay Um, as a digital game. We have, you know, NES classic, super NES classic, uh, the PlayStation four classic, which was not as well, or the, the PS classic that was not as well received. And so I was starting to wonder, Hey, how does this, stack up you know against those other titles sort of as a collection of games right and literally everything that i thought that i wanted to be able to do with this collection i was able to do so i'm talking about things like rewinding gameplay uh doing save uh save states and loading save states um you know being able to see artwork for the game being able to listen to the music for the game like this collection really displays sort of a deliberate amount of thought and attention that was put into it in the sense where it's like, Hey, if you have nostalgia for these games or an appreciation for them and you want to dig into the histories of these games, like all that stuff is there. Another cool thing that I think that super fans will appreciate is that there are like 25 games in the collection, right? But if there are variations of those games, those are also included in the collection. So let's say, let's say there was a console version of a warriors in an arcade version, right? Both versions are included and you can toggle between them at the, you know, on the main menu. Let's say that there was an English and a Japanese version of the game. Both of those versions are collect, you know, are included. So in theory, you could have four versions of the same game. And if you're like a super fan and you're like, you know what? I really like the Japanese arcade version of Akari Warriors. That's the one I want to play. Like it's there for you. Right. Which I think is super cool. And so like when you look at it holistically, sort of as a collection of games, as an emulator, um, as a way to get into classic games that are traditionally more different difficult than modern games um this one really you know to me represents like a gold standard for for how you should curate uh, a package of games and present them to people in a way that shows like hey we actually really care about this so that's why i wanted to bring up cool. the uh, snk 40th anniversary collection because i think it really sets an example of how collections could be done going forward you know at a, at a high degree of quality that's, that's awesome. awesome yeah uh, we, it's good to hear uh, they went above and beyond because like you said there's a lot of these out now there's a lot of these collections and it's many times it's it's hard to go back right it's yeah. very challenging to go back to these older games especially with 
how great games are now. But if you have a, you know, a really good reason to, then it, you yeah. know, to maybe play a different version that you never got to play or, you know, adding save points and things like that makes a game that's almost impossible. Like Akari warrior is actually, you know, achievable. Yeah. So something else I'll quickly mention too, is that for every game in the list, they also included a complete playthrough of the game, like as a video that you can watch, like in the, in the, Whoa. in the software, basically. So when you go to the main menu and you pick, you know, whatever the game is, it's like play watch. And if you pick watch, it just loads up a video of someone basically like speed running the game. It looks so good. I, I can't tell if it's like a person or like a AI that's playing it, but they'll just speed run the game. And it it's kind of funny to look at a game like Akari Warriors and go like, oh, you can actually complete this game in 35 minutes. Right. But as a kid, you think like, oh, this consumes all of my time. Right. It takes me like weeks or months to complete a game like this or like or whatever. But then you see like it beaten in arcade fashion in 35 minutes. And you're like, oh, yeah, those games are short back then. That's kind of funny. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy like i i can't imagine i don't know if i ever beat i think i maybe beat the x-men arcade game and that was probably about it arcade games were so hard yeah I mean, but <laughs> never even like, beat gauntlet yeah even know? a game like legend of zelda you can beat in like a couple hours and like you know back in the day it just felt like an eternity right uh that's true kung fu on the nest is another good example of that so uh yeah anyways good collection snk 40th anniversary uh what else would you guys like to talk about today with the with the time we have you guys want to jump in and talk about E3 stuff a little bit? Let's just fly through it. Yeah. Let's do it. So, what is E3? E3. Well, <laughs> Sony apparently doesn't know what E3 is because yeah. they're not going. They're not they going. Said, they said no. I'm, I am going to be quiet through much of this. Okay. Yeah, well, you, you know things. <laughs> okay. You know things. Um, <laughs> so, we can't, you don't have to say anything. But I, I will uh, say, E3, I'm going to tell you what, I will say one thing. Uh, because yeah. it's already been leaked, which is a new Watch Dogs title that I'm extremely excited for because Watch Dogs 2 was amazing. I still have not played Watch Dogs 2. It's it's a completely it's like a 180 from the first game in tone, basically. Uh, and they made it to be like more fun, like a GTA style game where they just want you to get in and mess around. And I hope that they continue that with this next game. That's cool. I mean, it must have sold well enough for them to make a number three because they're, from what I understand, not cheap games to produce. So, yeah, super fun. So I'm looking forward to this one. Well, very cool. So E3 is um, right around the corner. Uh, we will not be there unless you guys are secretly going and you haven't told me. But I, I'm not going. So uh, I will be armchairing it from here, watching Same. Uh, the pressers and all that stuff, which I, everyone tells me is the best way to experience E3 is from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. There's some stuff, obviously, I'm really excited about. Um cyberpunk is still top of my list i, I have Hell a feeling yeah. when this game comes out it's going to be all consuming for me at least it's as much come as... out it's going to be 600 hours long uh you're going to be able to build your own actual cybernetic body in real life with it it's going to be just insane upload yourself yeah 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 i i from what i understand cyberpunk is not going to be playable on the show floor uh but they are showing off some yeah. new stuff they haven't showed before um, all the stuff from last year is still widely regarded as like the highlight of E3 2018. So I'm curious to see what CD Projekt Red is going to bring this, uh, this year. This game's not coming out till all of our kids are in college, and that's fine. Yeah, I don't totally care. Fine. Who cares? Yeah, I honestly <laughs> think it's going to be 2021, um, maybe yeah. or maybe, maybe late. Maybe it's late. It's going to keep year. going. <laughs> yeah, they're just going to keep yeah. making it. Well, at this point, it'd be almost silly for them to not wait till the next generation. If you know, if they plan on bringing it to consoles, which they'd be silly not to, 
Um, you know, I feel like they would almost really want to wait for the next generation uh, of consoles to yeah. to be announced and come out because, from what I understand, this is a, a beast of a game. You know, there's open world elements and it's just very big and very very pretty with a lot going on. Um, and I feel like, uh, you know, the consoles as they stand, not the Pro and the the X, but the uh, the original PS4 and Xbox One S are very long of tooth in terms of processing yeah. power at this point. So. Um, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird time, which, which is why I think Sony's not there. So anyways, that's probably top of my list. What about you guys? Other than that, what, what has you guys excited? Other than that? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, Jedi Fallen Order for sure. That's high up there as well. Um, I don't know. The Avengers game to me, I assume will be a pile of trash, but what if? (laughs) They just map <laughs> Avengers onto Final Fantasy characters, and we get all the schlock of a JRPG Final Fantasy, but with like Iron Man as the main guy, except his hair's really big, like he's got oh, really gosh. big spiky hair. Oh, yeah. I really hope that's not the case. I hope that exact exactly. They're all really thin too, for unknown reasons, like very thin, like exceedingly thin, and then they run around and have adventures together. And honestly, I'm much more excited for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, uh, the yeah. Black Order, than I am for this new Avengers Square game. Uh, mainly because there's already been so much released for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 that I know it's going to be insanely fun. Right. Uh, Switch exclusive, 30-plus characters. They're bringing in um, members of the X-Men. They're bringing in uh, lots of playable villains, which is great. Mysterio just got announced, which I think is going to be super fun. And they have, like, you know... Tons of the X-Men, tons of the Avengers, uh, four-player co-op, just awesome. You know, the guys that are designing the combat, I want to say it's, I want to say it's Ninja Theory. Is it Ninja uh, Theory? No. It's, no, it's but it's Platinum a, or not, Ninjas? It might be Platinum. It's somebody that I didn't expect. I'm going to look it up. Feel free to car- cut this because I remember being really excited. Yeah. Uh, Team um, Ninja. Is that what you're thinking of? Team Ninja. Oh, is yes. it Team Ninja? Okay. Okay. Team Ninja's doing it. Yeah, so it's going to play really well. It's going to it looks super fun. It's odd that it's on the Switch, but I think that's great. I mean, that's a great, you know, a great title that you can bring around and yeah, link up with friends and and all run around bashing stuff. So, that one uh isn't like on the top of many people's big E3 list, but that's uh coming out next month anyway. So that's that's pretty exciting. Um what else? What else on the list think, is, has you guys amped? I think outside of Outside of things that I am sort of generally aware of, I tend to just enjoy Ubisoft's press conferences and their, mm-hmm. you know, in a lot of their IPs, right? So I'm an Assassin's Creed fan. I'm a Watch Dogs fan. Um, I'm interested in Beyond Good and Evil 2. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much anything that they bring to the show, I always try to, you know, keep an eye on or at least have an open mind to, right? And so I know that there's a couple of things floating out there. In terms of, I know they have like the the pirate game, and uh, I hope to see more about Watch Dogs, and then you know maybe they'll just drop something else like secret stuff. And uh, I'm kind of here for all of it, to be honest with you. So yeah, um, I, um, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say like I would even I'm I'm even kind of starting to get an open mind to you know becoming a Just Dance fan, you know, being a Dance Central fan for so long. That if I need to make that transition, like if if I need to scratch that itch again, I might just try it one of these days. That's cool. You could dance to games, Scott. Trying to use my mouse. Ride bikes and dance. 
dance Bowers uh, nudging my hand so hard that I can barely use the mouse. Huh. I mean, I'm interested to see what, if anything, they say about this Halo title. You know, if there is one. Uh, I don't know. I, like, we'll see. I, I always get kind of surprised by stuff at, at E3, and I like it that way. <laughs> so it's fine, but... I think it's hard to say anything other than cyberpunk, but I still don't think I'm going to get to play that game for like years. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's I am, like I highest am, on the uh, list. super stoked for gears five. Uh, I am, you know, you guys know I'm a huge gears fan. I was, uh, I enjoyed gears four, but I was um, just a little underwhelmed by the narrative. Um, mm-hmm. It just, it was just a little off for me. Uh, the gameplay was, was fine. It was the same. So I'm hoping that this time around, uh, the gameplay is is tweaked uh, to kind of uh, just just to change it up enough to feel new, right? Like yeah. I think you know, third person cover based shooters were fantastic, and Gears really revolutionized those. But I think I would love to see you know where do they go next from there? What what can really revolutionize that third person cover based combat? Um, you know, I want to see things like skill trees, and I want to see things like character advancement and um, you know, shit that the game didn't have before that that just makes all games better. You know, uh, I think that's I think that's what this list is sort of not depressing, but like not exciting me for is just that a lot of it is games that I feel like we already know the systems, we already know the thing. You know, we're in like the sixth, seventh version of that game or whatever might be coming out. So I think some of it for me is just kind of like okay, and that's why Cyberpunk is so high on the list is that it's a brand new IP with a brand new setting and you know, it kind of also in my wheelhouse, but like, so we'll just, I, I'm just kind of like, we'll see, maybe somebody will come out and announce something that's absolutely like bonkers, crazy, awesome. And we'll all get really excited. They apparently just announced Nintendo just announced new Pokemon like a minute ago, but yep. that's not a thing that any of us play. So <laughs> no. just, just saying that <laughs> they hip with the kids. Yeah. Hey kids. There was also a <laughs> uh, pre announcement this week of a game that I really enjoyed. The surge is getting a sequel. So the surge Two has um, cool. pre-orders that are available now. So I guess that's a thing I'm excited about. It's like, if it's like a pre-E3 announcement. <clears throat> and then I told you guys about this yesterday on Slack is that um, all of a sudden a, a, a store listing appeared on Steam for a, a n- another vampire game, even though yeah. a company yeah. is working on like uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, a sequel to that game, mm-hmm. the cult classic game. But I guess looking at the store page, this other title appears to be sort of more of like a narrative choice game like a telltale kind of game. So um, honestly, I anything that they make at this point, I'm here for it because Matt and I played so much vampire, you know, RPG yeah. and card game as, as kids that um, any, listening to the cure. Yeah. Listening to the cure. <laughs> uh, Man. Joy division. Anything, anything that um, <laughs> revitalizes that goth period in our lives. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So I inch nails. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't I mean, I, really, also, we're all waiting for new consoles, right? Like, I mean, that's that's really, like, if shocking new consoles come out, that's that's what we're waiting for. These games all look great. I think a lot of them we're not going to see. You know, I mean, there's rumors of Dragon Age and all that stuff as well. Like, cool. We're not going to see any of those games for a little while. Um, so, you know, I, if they can pull off an Avengers game that's as high quality as the Batman or Spider-Man game, cool. I don't think they're... I don't think it's going to happen, but maybe it will. Mm-hmm. Just these... These big group, you know, um, superhero titles never seem to really hit the mark. Um, 
It's a hard thing to do, right? Especially if it's, it's narrative very hard. It's like, you yeah, know, what do you jump between characters? And I don't know. It, it feels it's very risky. And I think that's why it's been in development forever. And everyone kind of thought it was vaporware. We haven't yeah. even seen a single screenshot. It's like, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. It just it, it does not bode well, you know, if it is what I say it is, though, I will go. I'll buy it. If you hear hear me now, Square. If you mm-hmm. map Avengers onto a Final Fantasy setting, I'll I'll buy you want, like heartbeat. sexy Tony Stark with big hair <laughs> and like big big eyes, just like yeah, oh. like a Hulk and like a thong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for all of it. All right, um, let's do it. Wow. Um, to move to move off real quick, if I can, to a couple other things that got announced, and then we can we can close it up shop. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to bring these up because I think they're all in our in our nerd wheelhouse, and I think they all are good news and look good. Uh, Netflix released a trailer for Dark, the next Dark Crystal. It looks honestly like astonishingly good. <laughs> did, I don't know if you guys watched the trailer, but I did. I it was, looks. I have not seen that, that movie in since I was a kid, but I have very fond memories of it. So I was uh, really floored by it. Yeah, I mean, it looks just incredible. So I'm I'm very here for that. Um, they also announced a Magic the Gathering show led by uh, some good writers uh, and producers. So I have a little bit of hope that maybe a Magic the Gathering show could be good. It's led by um, the, it's e- the Russos, e- isn't it? Yeah, the Russos. Yeah, yeah. just like the directors of Avengers. Uh, so that could be cool. Uh, and then uh, Akira, the remake of Akira that's been like the live action Akira that's been like put together and then shelved and put together and then shelved and news came out that it was going to get set in New York and everybody lost their damn minds over it. And uh, now it's been shelved again and then picked back up. And this time Taiki Waititi is going to direct and he's attached to it and seemingly it's going to happen. And he's already picked up a writer. And uh, so we could see a really kind of crazy version of a live action Akira made by the guy who made Hulk or Thor Ragnarok rather. Oh, and cool. what we do in the shadows and a bunch of other really good things that you should all watch. But uh yeah, so that could be really cool. Who knows? It's a different take to take on Akira. Um, yeah, but, very uh, exciting yeah. stuff. Yeah, so I just thought I'd bring those 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 things up really quick. Also, Apple stuff happened, but nothing that I think is super important to talk about. I think the so. the only relevant thing that I'm aware of is that uh, iOS 13 is going to support uh, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 controllers. Finally, TVOS is what is iOS TVOS is supporting Xbox. I, I, and I guess. The article I read also probably implied means, iPhone as well. It probably means iPhone as or yeah. iOS and iPad. Um, yeah. yeah, so they also split iPad OS off of iOS. They did a lot of things. They also announced a $30,000 computer. So, you know, whatever piece of information you saw that take from that. And they have like a $1,000 uh, like stand, I heard. <laughs> the monitor stand. A $1,000 stand for a $5,000 monitor. Fantastic. Yeah, so, I mean, they're not <laughs> made for, for us. for? It's for Hollywood and for produce music producers. It's like literally like there was a lot of Hollywood was like basically telling Apple that they screwed up their pro models so bad that they were just going to leave like they'd be gone. There was no point in them staying. So this was Apple's response to be like, fine, you want a pro model? Here's a pro model that starts at six thousand dollars. And if you really want to get it loaded up, it was likely going to be up where somewhere in the range of thirty five thousand dollars with an eight K monitor that costs six thousand dollars with no stand. So, you know. It's very Apple to do that, and hopefully Hollywood will be happy, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the, the Xbox and PlayStation controllers, they didn't announce anything more about Arcade, which I actually find mildly intriguing just because uh, now with the Xbox controller playable on my TVOS, I would be more interested in playing some of the games that they have on there. Um, but 
I haven't up to now because there's just really not much reason because I'm not going to go buy a controller for my TVOS device. Exactly. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there was other stuff, new enhancements to everything, but like nothing that this podcast needs to talk about really. So cool. Um, cool guys. Well, hey, look, we did it. I think we, we did, did it. it. We cool. did an episode in, in, in the nick of time. Mm-hmm. We'll see everybody uh, in 2021. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll try, we'll try harder guys. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to episode 334 of the Rated NA podcast. You guys can find us on Twitter, and that's at NerdAppropriate. We have Facebook slash NerdAppropriate. Uh, we're all over the place. Matt and I will be going to San Diego Comic-Con, which is next yeah. month. I still need plane tickets, so I should probably do that today. You should buy those. <laughs> yeah, I should probably do that. And, uh, and uh, we will see you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.